Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Owen O'Sullivan and today's guest on the podcast is Etna Nika Horn, aka Inike. She's just released her second album, The Hair and the Line. It's the follow-up to the 2015 release, The King Has Two Horses Ears. I really, really like this album. It's kind of uh, pop, indie, folk, and it's also got some trad elements as well. There's a couple of Irish and uh, Scots Gale tracks on there too. Push to Bail is uh, one of the standout tracks on the album. I wrote a review of it on The Point of Everything. If you want to check that out, it's uh, quite a long piece discussing the album and uh, the journey that uh, Etna has been on. And that's something that we talk about in this podcast. It was recorded in Etna's house in Dublin on release date itself, March the 1st. So uh, there's a little bit of a frizzen of excitement that's permeating through the chat. It seemed like it was quite a busy day because, well, release date isn't the end of the album cycle. It's almost the start of something else these days where you've just got to push and push and push the albums. So Etna kindly took a half hour out of her day to uh, discuss the creation of the album, the Fund It campaign that she did for the release and how quickly it came together and the process behind it. Uh, There was an album that she had done that she shelved, she uh, tells me. So it was interesting talking about that and kind of the kind of the process that's involved in creating a second album. You can order the hair and the line on her Bandcamp page, inek.bandcamp.com. And she's also got uh, quite a few tour dates coming up as well. Uh, I'll just call them out now, just so you know. Uh, Collins and Cork is first up on April 5th, Levis is in Ballady Hob on April 6th, Whelan's in Dublin on April 11th, April 12th is Blackcake Cultural Centre in Galway, Riverbank Arts Centre Newbridge April 26th, The Hole in the Wall Kilkenny April 27th, Vienna, Austria if you're if you're planning a trip out there May 9th, Lucerne in Switzerland on May 16th, I was in Lucerne a couple of years ago. It's a really, really nice place. There's a really nice bridge across the water there. That's May 16th. Green Note in Camden in London on June 6th. And then Black Box in Belfast on June 26th. Uh, Inny K, Etna was on the Culture Night podcast that I referenced on last week's episode with Lancome, uh, Inny K, Dahi, Rady Pete and Saint Sister were on kind of a roundtable discussion that we had about trad music and the influence that it bears on like new and upcoming Irish acts so if you want to check that out uh, that was released last September to coincide with Culture Night um, I'll, I'll probably be tweeting about it if you uh, want to just go to my Twitter account TPOE blog and uh, you can get even more of any K uh, if if needs be, but hopefully this will suffice for now. This is myself and Etna Inner Gap in Dublin chatting on release date for the hair and the line. How's release date going for you? Happy to uh, <laughs> get it all out of the way. All all the hard work is done now. Well, I thought so this morning. I thought I'd take it easy, but today's today's busy. <laughs> Today is a great day, though. I'm really really happy. But it's it's just getting the word out to everybody and the CDs in the post and all that. But it's very exciting and. Just really happy uh, to think of the last few months and now have now it's release day just like that. A, a day comes after another day and then it's release day. <laughs> so it's been it's a busy time. So it's nice to take it in today and, and celebrate it. Yeah. Is it kind of different to the first album? Are you more realistic or something about it? Yeah. 
very much so actually like your yeah. life isn't going to change on release dates or yeah anything. no totally and i think it's it's something you don't really know unless you've been through it before like the the, the world doesn't change on release day or you don't you know think things are a slow um always a slow kind of uh development i think in music and you just you reap the benefits kind of later but release day is nice to celebrate and get the word out to people and for people to listen to to the songs and to share them but um yeah it tends to be a slow burner until you do gigs and people come up and buy the the cd you know they don't really the world isn't isn't flooding <laughs> in to buy them straight away today but uh, plenty of pre-orders from the wonderful uh, funded support i got uh, from supporters getting on board with that so a lot of people will be getting them in the post now today in the next few days so what is the week leading up to release date like is it just kind of just trying to get the word out as much as possible that it's out there like do you actually get to enjoy the kind of the rush of actually releasing the music like the satisfaction yeah well um the last week's been busy enough um and i'm only just back from dates in new york and montreal so it's been a, it's a, been a busy lead up i suppose it wouldn't ideally all come together but things do come in waves i think especially in, in music um so it's been pretty busy this morning i had a nice moment when i woke up and just opened the window and said have the songs world <laughs> and that was yeah it's nice just to kind of feel like they're they're going out you know it's been busy and rehearsing as well and getting ready for gigs you know so it's taking moments when I can but also there's there's lots to to be doing and uh interview lovely interviews like this and going <laughs> on uh radio next week and uh getting in touch with venues and the and the um the the tour that's coming up so yeah Tell me about the funded campaign. Were you kind of nervous about like asking people for money? Yeah, it's an I was. Irish, an Irish way of putting it. <laughs> totally. No, I was. It's uh, it's kind of a cringy thing to do. And yet you kind of get over yourself and realize people probably do want to get the record eventually. So it's just a way for them to to uh, get on board earlier and and them really like playing a very important role in, in getting the funds together. So you sort of have to just look beyond your cringy kind of thing of asking, you know, um, if people want to get involved, they will. And I think it's a really nice way to to release a record where you don't have to get a bank involved or, or a record label. Um, gone are those days like it would be wonderful if there were record companies, you know, ready to take those risks. But they, they're not really, unfortunately. And um, so independent musicians do need to kind of find ways. And it's one very practical way. And and I think people who have been following me and my music um, thankfully got on board again. <laughs> I wonder how, how many times I'll, I'll get away with it. <laughs> but no, it's, it's a real practical and really great, great way to do it. Yeah, it's probably something that you have to wait until you've kind of built up a little bit of a fan base that you can actually go back kind of not cap in hand but like mm, mm. you know you saw what I can do the first time yeah think well, of how much better the second time is going to be yeah exactly I mean the first time it worked really well and the second time with more of a fan base and more people kind of know about the music they were very happy or a lot of people were happy to get on board um I don't know yeah if next time I'll be able to do the same but um I would hope so I mean it, it makes a lot of sense and it's just great that people are up for it and tell me about New York and Canada as well. You're over there um, earlier on in February. Uh, you're playing in New York and then you're up in Canada for the Folk Alliance. Yeah, well, on the 1st of February, uh, the 31st of January, we arrived into New York and the Irish Arts Centre put us up in Manhattan. Um, and the following morning, I was releasing the first single just after. So uh, I was up till, <laughs> up till about midnight 
their time, you know, and then up again about 3 a.m. their time to get on top of things for the release day here. So it was a bit mental of a, a, a start, a starting off. Um, but we then had a great time playing the Irish Arts Centre. We played two shows there and uh, I gave a workshop the following day in singing and then up to um, played a few other venues around New York. So a lovely Irish bar called The Scratcher that do really lovely listening gigs every Sunday. The kind of I- I- iconic, I suppose, uh, Rockwood Musical played there and then up to Montreal for the Folk Alliance, which was a, a, a great conference full of folk musicians from all around the world so we played a showcase there along with a lot of other Irish artists that were brought over by Culture Ireland so there was Saint Sister and the Lost Brothers and David Keenan and uh, Colin McAnumara and a few others so it was a nice gang of us and it was just really nice to be in Canada. But And the New York thing was that Culture Ireland as well who sort of did you out or was that something that you kind of did off your own? Bash? That was it was a tour kind of as a whole so Culture Ireland kind of funded it as a as a tour so some US dates and Folk Alliance. Wow. Yeah it was great. Playing a couple of dates around New York that's kind of like a dream isn't it? It was a dream we were looking at ourselves and going this is great you know and uh, I've, I've toured quite a bit but Brian my drummer I think was one of his first kind of major tours and he's always wanted to go you know, with his symbols and tour abroad. And so we were kind of looking at each other going, this is great, it's brilliant. And just a choice of places to eat and musicians we met and uh, just great, great conversations and gigs. We saw lots of jazz and stuff. So it was fantastic. Cool. What a good yeah. start to the year you've yeah. had so far. <laughs> yeah, hit the ground running. I know. Yeah, it was there was no hibernating for me this year at all. Like there was no winter. It was just full on since October and uh, then getting it out. But yeah, there's been some great opportunities and great things happening. That's good. The, al- the album was kind of recorded over this past winter, was it? It seems yeah. like it came together quite quickly. Yeah, it did. Um, I kind of was laughing because uh, I put the Fundit campaign thing together in October. No, November. And um, it finished. I think we reached the past the kind of the line and got all the, the funding that was needed by I think it was the 7th of December or something like that and then the following Monday we were recording so it was just all very quick and I suppose my um, engineer and producer Alex Barwick who is just a dream to work with he's fantastic he was um, I think a bit gobsmacked at how fast I wanted things to be done Um, I think I can only explain it as there's just a feeling in me that I just needed to release something by March and so working back it just needed to be done in that time frame and I think having a sort of a short time frame actually worked really well for me it it was it was a high pressure at times but mostly mostly it flowed quite well and um, it just gave a great focus to everything and I finished what needed to be finished in terms of lyrics and music we rehearsed as much as we needed to and it was probably not enough time but there's never enough time and and it was it was enough time, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it all came together. Yeah, it kind of leaves no time for you to be kind of uh, mulling over tracks or like, yeah. oh, maybe this would sound better with this thing. It's just, d- is there kind of a mm. sense of I don't mind the imperfections yeah. sort of thing with it? You're like, that's fine. I like that. Yeah, much more this time around. Yeah, I, I think I've changed in that way. Just perfect uh, imperfections are kind of just part of it and I don't strive as much as I used to for um absolute perfection I'd be pretty like I'd have high standards in terms of what I'd like to hear from myself and you know what I let go through but uh, for the most part yeah there wasn't 
uh, so much time to be mulling and definitely Alex and the producing front like moved things along and so there wasn't too much time like yeah to be hemming and hawing. Is that the thing that just compares to the first album like I always hear that you know you pour everything into your first album Mm -hmm. all of your life experiences and everything go into the first album then it's released and then two years later it's like oh I suppose I better write another album. Yeah. You're like, you, you kind of take forever on the first one. Yeah. And then it's just kind of like, what, what do I do now? Yeah. You just sort of learn through experience and you can't really learn except through experience that it doesn't, it's not the end product. Like if you're, if you're, if it's your goal to be an artist and to, to write music and to play music, it's an ongoing process. You just, you, you keep at it and I think for me what I really enjoyed is writing the songs and coming up with this kind of sound that we wanted or finding a sound that that um, felt like what we wanted to to play and that's that was so enjoyable and now that it's released I would really like to just go back to writing songs again and and recording again like that is that is what keeps you going so with the first album yeah there was definitely an expectation that this would change things and that I would have loads of opportunities opening up there and then but as I say it just it takes time and you realize that you just need to keep making music for yourself more than anything and to keep saying and not to be kind of constantly looking for other people to you know evaluate the whole thing you know if if it's what you want to do you just keep at it and get back to the drawing board uh the the new album does kind of sound like a continuation from uh the first record like i don't think there's any major change in sound is there was there ah, anything okay. totally different that you want the uh, way me, you're, the way you're saying totally okay different. makes it sound like <laughs> it's totally different Owen. what are you talking about yeah yeah well to me it is um but like it's impossible to tell from one's self like so it's interesting now to hear what what people will think of it just in terms of sound i guess maybe there's more of you in there there's more kind of personal experience in there maybe in terms of the lyrics and things yeah yeah definitely um in terms of sound i think musically i think it's quite different i think there's a lot more kind of arrangements gone into the songs um brian was much more part of the arranging and he also plays piano now and i'm playing guitar on it so a lot of electric guitar which wasn't in the first album at all and um a lot of synths and uh kind of alex would have brought a lot of that to the table so i think the the process of making them and arranging and I think the sounds that we came upon it sound to me is much more I suppose kind of focused in a way. Did it all kind of happen organically I suppose to to use that word like there was yeah. no kind of like right I'm going to be on guitar now there's going to be synths in this or anything like that oh, was it all yeah. like oh the songs just kind of needed them. Yeah, and you, you'll find a lot of the songs are quite different, I think. Like, some are quite sparse and n- not a whole lot going on. Like, What's in the Bag, Love is an old song, one of the first I wrote, and I wanted to re-record it. I actually recorded it years ago on a first kind of secret album. <laughs> that was called... The demos. Etna. Yeah, um, it was more traditional, and I'd had two of my own songs on it, one of them being What's in the Bag, Love. So I wanted to re-record it a good 10 years later now, and... Um, or more and uh, kind of have quite a sparse arrangement very Tom Waitsy was what we were going for you know just the piano double bass and drums and it's very sparse and it's a song that kind of carries like that didn't need any more and then that you go from that to one of the latest songs I was still writing basically when we were down in Wicklow recording some of the album 
own Raya Kashia. It's the last track and it's um, really, I suppose, ethereal and spacey and full of synth sounds and um, quite a different. So there's just quite a varied tone, I think, too. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you about those Irish tracks as well. Are they traditional ones or are they like new like new recordings by you yeah the Onraya Kashia is completely new yeah very new as I say the newest the newest on the record so I wrote that over the last few months and yeah finished it just before we we recorded it and um, then the Porsche de Bale the Scottish ones are traditional I learned them years years ago and have been singing them all over the world really they, they always go down really well at gigs people always really like and, and and pick them out as ones they really enjoy so I thought I better record them um, and it was finding a way to weave quite original contemporary songs with something more traditional like that. So, yeah, I, I just I'm happy with how we found a way that they sit with the rest of the record. I hope anyway. Yeah. So those two, one, one traditional and one completely new, really. Yeah. yeah, that traditional song, it sounds like it's, you know, it could fall apart at any moment. Mm. Like I, I love the uh, just, just the shout at the end, like, yes, yeah. <laughs> we recorded it. And the way that like there, there's kind of sounds kind of throughout it. It's like a door opening. There's kind of like water or rain or something recorded yeah, so as well. It's nice you say that. The idea behind it was to have it really live, like just play it live, and also to have something of the nature of the songs in it. So the first one is a work song, um, a work song for women who'd be making tweed. It's from like I got it from the Isle of Sk- on the Isle of Skye from a woman named Kirstine Primrose, um, years and years ago. I did a workshop with her, and so it's a walking song. Walking songs are spelled with a U, walking. And it's a genre song that is um, a working song to kind of help the women keep the work light and make make the tweed and keep the rhythm together. So there's that kind of uh, sounds of like people at work kind of in it with Brian's percussion and uh, Cayman doing some mad stuff on the double bass and Sean with the the clarinet so that's kind of yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a wild one but I wanted it to be I didn't really know how I wanted to present it until I heard what the lads could do with it and to me it has a bit of that working element in it and people that kind of organic thing you know Mm. yeah and like singing songs in Irish or like that is Irish is it that's a uh, Scots Irish so Scots, Scots Gaelic yeah oh, okay yeah. is is that something that like you know you're not going to think twice about like I don't I don't care if people can't understand it or something you know it's like something that I want to do artistically oh yeah well yeah I don't really think much about it I guess mm. yeah um I don't know if people even really mind that they don't understand it. Like they seem like, to really I, I enjoy can, it. I can barely like say the like my Irish is just so bad. I'm like, I don't, can't even pronounce that track. <laughs> yeah, well, Porsche de Vale is a funny one because that that would be Gaelic, Scots Gaelic, as opposed to we would say Perthrucht Vale, oh, okay. which would be a bit more palatable for our oh, tongues, I guess. Okay. Perthrucht Vale, like lilting or mouth music, basically. That's what it, yeah. it translates so, to. And I've been, I've been, you know, just had it in my head. That Scots Gaelic song, and it's uh, mm. you know, I don't know what I'm actually saying. I'm definitely not <laughs> saying the words, you know, but I'm saying saying yeah. the sounds. Yeah. Like, give me another six months, and I'll probably be able to, <laughs> to sing it perfectly. Yeah, it'd be funny to try and get an audience to, <laughs> to, people, yeah. to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. They're funny. Yeah, they're they're really they take a lot of breath and a lot of um, just moving your mouth very quickly because the words the words come like a waterfall you know yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. is is that kind of what you grew up with like just a house full of music and just like these different experience and these different uh cultural tracks coming to you definitely a house full of music um but it was it was more traditional irish music so uh, we'd go myself and my siblings would go to 
uh, lots of lessons every week and fiddle and flute and concertina and what, what have we and and piano kind of classical piano as well um and also festivals during the summer flat hills and um so it was all kind of tied up with music uh from that side of things um later on i would have kind of been exposed to more different cultural kind of musics and making trips to scotland and uh recently i, I still really enjoy kind of hearing different types of music i've recently just been to greece last summer learning kind of greek songs and their style and that so yeah i like different um especially vocal traditions do you go like to greece with the plan of like you know not assuming the culture but like just watching some of the local music Oh, well, that was a, a workshop, a singing workshop that I, oh, okay. I took, you know, because I sometimes give workshops as well. And uh, it was very interesting for me to be a complete beginner in Greek style singing, which is completely different. It's more like to me, it sounds like um, Middle Eastern, you know, it's very um, different sounding, different modes and everything. So I went yeah, to do the workshop. Yeah. And there's no like uh, Greekness on, on the new album, no? No, not, not no. Yet. Maybe on the next album. No, although I did enjoy some of the rhythms and I was messing around with Brian, you know, um, on the, with them. On the, we did a, one of them at a gig in the Cobblestone recently. Yeah, but no, not in the new album. <laughs> oh, okay. How, how does it differ? Is it like totally like not what we're used to? Very different. Yeah. Like we, if, I think we'd all be, yeah, it kind of opens you up, opens your musical mind up a little because the rhythms would be very different um, and the modes would be very different. So we'd be used to certain scales, you know, in our music our own music and in pop music and classical music but this is they've got different modes so like one of the songs would go uh, sorry i don't remember the words but you know those kind of half tones and mad melodies yeah beautiful though so it's it's just kind of like all, all of that kind of came together on that first album. Like, <laughs> sorry, you're coming back from that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Well, I, I don't, I don't really have I any there? more questions about the Greek the Greek style. There's a, my my knowledge of it only goes so far. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, yeah, I think too. you did a good job of explaining. Me too. It's just a tip of the iceberg. But yeah, they all came together for this album really um, quite quickly. I think it's that classic thing of you could be working away for years and then something happens and it seems like it's quite quick so that was definitely the case here I've been writing and you know working on songs and working on ideas and trying out some songs and it I had an album kind of ready to go about a year and a half ago um but it just didn't seem like they were songs I really wanted to to put out there so there was like a body of songs and once I sort of let them go something else opened up and it was kind of a new canvas that seemed to just there was things I then I then wanted to really sing about and say and and melodies kind of came easier and it just then came together quite quickly then oh okay so uh, like was it easy to kind of let go of that album did you have to kind of did you talk yourself out of releasing it um, like, like what was it that you felt I shared it with right? a few people and that's sometimes not a good thing to do but generally people I really trust I can kind of tell if there's something in the songs so I shared the songs with a few people that I'd be close to and I work with mu musically in that. And I just wasn't getting the right kind of signs back, you know. And I also didn't feel like then once I'd sort of aired them, they just didn't seem to 
to be the ones that I wanted to to put out there. But I th- I think you have to be. That's just part of it as well, you know. And there was, I think, just stuff going on from me personally as well at that time. That just sometimes songs are just for yourself, you know. They're just therapeutic songs for yourself, and sometimes they're songs that that will be good for other people to hear as well. And I think knowing that difference is uh, is kind of an important thing sometimes as well. You know? Yeah, mm. and. D- does that album kind of just go in a draw and drawer and then like in like a couple of years you'll be like opening it and looking at them anew afresh and like going going at it again like that's kind of how how writers work as well you know yeah. they like they do their draft and they put it away for six months and then come back and edit it and like oh everything is terrible here but it's you know there's something in there that you can salvage yeah well I find more so just songs that don't make it kind of on an album or don't kind of make it to fruition shall we say they're all there anyway and they're 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 all kind of there to be used in they might come out in some shape or form but it's not I didn't even get as far as recording these ones I mean you know the ones that I had going um but they all songs just yeah kind of bits of songs will raise their head again or you know things you want to revisit so yeah it's all part of it yeah but but none of them survived uh, through to this process. Well, edges came from around that oh, time okay. actually. So edges, I just decided then to release as a single. Mm, that came uh, out last, last year, year with a yeah. video from Miles already. Exactly, yeah, and me doing some shadow dancing with Manny, my friend. So it was great, great fun making that video. It was a stepping stone, I think, to um, figuring out what what new material I wanted to to present. Yeah, that to me was quite a different step. I don't know if you'd agree, but it was like. It, it seemed quite different to anything I'd done before. And then then that kind of paved the way for other things. But the rest of the songs around that time, just, yeah, that was the one that I wanted to release. And so, like, those, that album that you kind of uh, shelved, I suppose, uh, like, you, you had done all that work uh, on your own? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so on the new album, the press release, you say that, like, this is more of a collaborative affair, more of a team yeah, worky affair. Like, was that, was that the plan after you put that album the first that after you shelved that album you were like well maybe I don't want to just do it by myself maybe I want to there's always there's a certain amount of the work that I do by myself and same this time you know I I write all the lyrics by myself and um, I seem to need to get the songs to a certain stage you know before other people can can come um, on board so with these with this album still like I had all the songs or a good six or seven of them in some shape or form you know lyrically and and the, the shape of the song was was there and then I'd go to Brian and we'd see kind of what what would happen from there but this time I think Brian just got involved a lot sooner and he kind of wanted to be more um, involved with the arranging and the music and so that was just really nice for me, yeah, because the, the difference with that now and the last time with The King's Two Horses Ears would have been much more just before we'd go into the studio that Brian would sort of add his drum parts and that was kind of it. Whereas this time it was much more talking about the tunes and playing them in this very room like throughout autumn and winter, you know, just playing them and um, listening a lot to other to other music as well the, like the two of us um kind of giving each other tips on different types of you know songs and music that we enjoyed and then once we um got Alex involved Alex Barwick then Alex just had a whole other fantastic range of kind of skills and perspective to add to the whole thing so when I say it was much more of a collaborative process yeah once the songs are ready then 
to be able for others to bring them along with me that was that was really enjoyable yeah yeah you mentioned Tom Waits earlier like who are the other kind of touchstones that are that are there throughout the album or inspirations that you were using big one for me would be Feist Um, oh okay yeah I've really enjoyed her last few albums. I thought her last album was really underrated. It seemed like it, mm. it, it didn't really have any hooks or something. And so people were just kind of like passed it by. Yeah, I, th- I think she's just not interested in, in big singles of that. It's, it's it's an album, you know, it's a full album. And it's funny when I was releasing the first single, I was kind of looking at what Feist would have done and what she <laughs> what she released. And uh, in some interviews, she says, you know, she really doesn't like releasing a single before an album because it's it's out there on its own without its comrades you know <laughs> and I, I really felt that too just after it even though it it does stand on its own fine but it, it I, f- I feel like this is a, an album because they're all recorded and kind of written and recorded at a similar time they kind of inform each other but yeah other music oh, there's so much we had a really nice kind of reference list on Spotify we're listening to all the time you know and we're coming up and Sharon Van Etten would be big one for me and um Camille she's a wonderful French singer lots of vo- kind of really interesting vocal stuff Sufjan Stevens quite a bit listening to him does a, a long list that's at the back of my head but I, I can't think oh. of them right now yeah. was it Carrie and Lowell that was uh doing it for you with Sufjan yeah or even Mystery of Love I like yeah. more recently uh we we cover that sometimes and oh. just like looking at a song and you know taking it apart and seeing how it's arranged yeah. that would have been one of the one of the kind of interesting ones it's beautifully like the music and it's beautifully mm. beautifully arranged yeah. yeah and like with with Carrie and Lowell like it's so personal and mm. stuff so when you mentioned mm. just after there yeah. as well I was thinking like that seems like it's probably the most personal song on the album yeah definitely like, and I don't know how much of an influence uh Sufjan would have had on yeah that. M- maybe like n- not very um obviously but definitely people like that would really appeal to me you know just when you can when you can say, um, you know, I, I wrote that here like at that piano and, you know, you're on your own and you're just singing what what comes to you. And it's very real, you know, but to decide to put that on an album and share it with others. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing, but it, it also I'd be kind of um, I'd be inspired by people like that, that, you know, when you hear something and you feel it, it's it's worth it, you know, uh, other times something too emotional or nostalgic maybe mightn't work so well but there's a certain kind of a thing I think that is worth sharing is, is it tough kind of just creating such a such a personal song like it's written kind of about your dad dying in hospital about seven yeah. or eight years ago that's right and, and kind of the aftermath of that and like the nurses milling about with their tea and <laughs> coffee and stuff mm-hmm, is it mm-hmm. like were you like oh is it is it kind of too much of me that I'm trying to you do you do wonder you do kind of question these things and go is it is it just like for me or you know but then everybody like it it is a very uh, special time that we don't really talk that much about you know we all go through it when somebody dies and we and often if we're lucky you know there's people around that can buy us up and like I, I I don't know I found it a very charged time like just I felt very alive like really vibrantly alive and that's what the song's kind of about like I was just looking at the air and just you know you're kind of in a heightened state in a way or something and um just felt the sun and felt like all that was around me so it was more me just mulling about that seven years on as opposed to really wanting to talk about that moment again and again you know it's 
it's more just me sitting here kind of just just that coming up in me and needing to sing about it you know and and it, i think those kind of special moments they're they're worth thinking about even years later and and singing can do that you know it can kind of bring alive moments that are, are special you know it's good to kind of relive them even though they're terribly sad like and you don't want to relive them in ways but there's something very kind of life-affirming about it all, all as well and like as a collection you're obviously proud of it you're happy with mm. how it's uh, how it's all turned out how it hangs together as well yeah like, you know not rather than just a track off on its own you know what would vice yeah. do yeah i'm very proud of it i'm very very happy with it it's been just a really nice and enriching process making it and kind of verifying, I suppose, as, as a musician and as an artist to be just engaged in the work and making it and having a fantastic team around me, like from everyone involved, like from photography by Breed O'Donovan and by like Alex, the engineer and Lauren Varian on the artwork and just everyone that got involved, all the musicians, like there's a rake of Dublin musicians on it, Donald Gunn down the road and uh, Sean McElaine down the road. And obviously Brian Walsh on drums and uh, Cormac O'Brien on bass came and Gilmore on bass as well. And uh, Patrick O'Leary, I have a tribe doing some great back and vocals. Oh, really? So it's just ah. like a really nice group of um, people who are all doing fantastic creative work and kind of building a bit of a team and camaraderie around that's been really important, you know, because it's not so much fun in this line of work if you're kind of just working solo all the time. So that's been really enriching. And I'm, yeah, I'm very proud of the songs and kind of hope they'll keep growing now that we play the li- them live you know yeah so yeah. so that's what the plan is now it's like you're doing a nice uh tour of ireland yes in next month i think in april that's right we start on the 5th of april the first one's in cork yeah. oh yeah yep. down in Col- collins, collins and to west cork to levis's valley de hob the next day the 6th and then to dingle to undie shirt on the 7th and then it kind of follows on from there but i suppose the main one is is dublin wheelands gig on the 11th of april great so it'll be a it's mm. always a special one to do wheelands you know yeah 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 and uh and then on into festival season and yes and and yes yeah a few in uk as well and germany and austria and switzerland so it'll be busy through may and then yeah the summer did you get uh to go out to your european dates for the last album um, I did a few, yeah, I did a few in London and Bristol and Switzerland. Yeah, I've gone to Switzerland like three times now, I think, um, and a few in Germany. Yeah, hoping hoping to do more in Europe. It's just across the way, you know. Cool. <laughs> well, that's that's the plan now that you've got the first hectic three months out of the way. Yeah. You know, you can take a little breather and then like reassess. Like, it's already three months. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it flew by. <laughs> It'll be 20, 2020 before you know it. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, congratulations on the album and thanks for uh, chatting. Thanks, Best of luck with everything. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.